Welcome to Someone Else's Movie, the podcast where an actor, writer, director, or nebulous industry figure gives a little love to a movie they didn't make. I'm Norm Wilner, senior film writer for Now Magazine, and this is the other thing I do. My guest this week is Tom Bennett, an actor who played Sir James Martin in Whit Stillman's Love and Friendship, which, honestly, was my favorite performance in any movie I saw last year. He also appeared in Christopher Guest's Mascots and Ricky Gervais's David Brent Life on the Road, the latest films in a resume that also includes a run on EastEnders and a couple of episodes of Drunk History UK. It was a pleasure to be able to grab an hour with him on my London trip earlier this year, and I'm delighted to finally be able to share that conversation. Because Tom picked Predator. Just a couple of weeks ahead of its 30th anniversary, John McTiernan's 1987 alien action thriller still feels as sharp and inventive as it did the first time round, a high-concept thriller about an elite paramilitary squad being stalked by a resourceful adversary, it could easily have settled for simplicity, and it didn't. Instead, everything about it is a little smarter and a lot more sophisticated than it needed to be, turning a simple adventure story into a masterclass in cat-and-mouse tension, and somehow turning the young, indestructible Arnold Schwarzenegger into an underdog. It's a bit of a mixed metaphor now that I think about it, but that's Predator. Oh, also, our recording situation meant that occasionally Tom's voice has a bit of an echo, so just imagine he's doing the episode, I don't know, hanging upside down from a tree somewhere in Latin America. This is someone else's movie. It's a genre film. It is, but it's it's the sort of film, and I was talking about this with somebody last week, it is deceptively clever and I think I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I know lots of people would just sneer and maybe rightly so but I for what it you know it does what it says on the tin and it does it better than many many other films that try that try to be cleverer than they are this is this is what it is and I think it does it very well so what was your first experience did you see it theatrically I didn't see it theatrically I would have been seven when it came out okay so there was no I I think I saw it somewhere between the ages of nine and Mm thirteen I would think so video some VHS somewhere between primary school and secondary school and it blew my mind it would do yeah I did, oh, my, my parents wouldn't have allowed me to watch it because it's a hard 18 but I, I yeah <laughs> someone was running around school with VHS's sure well this is the this is the way that everyone learns right I mean when you're a kid you just find out things that you're not supposed to see yeah. and all I'd, you want to watch yeah Batman was the other I think Batman was the first sort of pirated film I ever saw in VHS. Oh, okay. And I disapprove of pirating massively, sure. but at nine, you don't really know. No, <laughs> your moral sense is not. Someone, someone's got a copy of Batman. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in high school, a kid had uh, a VHS tape of Return of the Jedi that fall. And all I know, all I knew was, it didn't look great, but it was Letterboxd. It was the first time I'd seen a film in widescreen on television. Yeah, wow. And that didn't happen again for for a while. Years. Yeah. It wasn't available on Laserdisc, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I was lucky enough to see Predator in a theater with a bunch of people wow. who were wildly underestimating it. Good. And perfect. It, yeah, it was. It was really something. I mean, McTiernan, as a filmmaker, he had that run, right? He had, yeah. Well, he is responsible uh, for Predator Die Hard and Red October back yeah. to back. Yeah, I mean, Die Hard is arguably the greatest action film ever made. I think so, yeah. And, uh, you know, lots of lots of that is shown in, you know, lots of that is well on show in Predator. Yeah. And simplicity and 
sort of efficiency of introductions. Yeah, it's the directorial signature is simply get out of my way. Yeah, it's, just very, it's quite linear. It's quite straightforward. It's quite binary. And doesn't it doesn't yeah? I, I neither film attempts to be cleverer. Neither film attempts to be clever. It just attempts to move forward as quickly and, and effectively as possible. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten until I rewatched it about a year ago, just how long it takes to get to the point where everyone is on the same page to let oh, all yeah. the characters to figure out what's going yeah. on. We're ahead of them because we see yeah. the ship and we we. No, it's very it's it's very strange. It, it, sh- it shows you the ship is the first scene mm-hmm. and then you've got a very effective opening five minutes of them getting off the chopper and we meet Dutch and Carl Weathers and they arm wrestle yes. and that's done very efficiently you know and then the opening sortie into the jungle with little Richard playing is about two minutes long and they're all bathed in the red light but it's two minutes and you, you meet every member of the crew yeah. And no, it, it struck me as how effect, how effective an intro it has. But yeah, and then there's a huge gap before everyone twigs that this is now survival. Yeah, I mean, half of them are basically dead before that because they're being picked off one by picked one. Off. You yeah. have you know, the future governor of California and the future governor it's, of Minnesota running crazy. around together. It's It's one of those things where at the time I think it was... I mean, Aliens had been the year before. Yeah. Fox had had a fantastic summer in 86 and just yeah. put stuff yeah. into production. Yeah. And it was still kind of dismissed. Schwarzenegger had made Terminator, but no one was taking him that seriously. Yeah. And when it arrived, it was just like, oh, this is just an exploitation. It's an action. Yes. Movie. Yeah. And with every minute that ticks by, it gets smarter and better. Yeah. And I just remember hearing the audience kind of start whispering you know this is very good like just suddenly I'm enjoying this yeah Yeah. people figured it out and I think it's part of that is is McTiernan just being absolutely unwilling to concede anything there's certainly it feels like a film where there's very little compromise yeah he he knew what he wanted to get done and he achieved it yeah and so much of it is done without dialogue, or the di- there is yeah, dialogue, but it's there not is necessary. dialogue, and it's it's a it's a ridiculously quotable yes. film, which you know boys like. Sure. In the playground, you love quoting a film. Um, mm-hmm. The first one I always think of is "I ain't got time to bleed," which is such a dumb yeah. line, but does it's say incredible. everything about that character. Yeah. It, they, 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 yeah, Jesse, the body Ventura has. What, like, I always refer to him with his full. I don't refer to him as Governor no, Jesse, it's the body Ventura. Governor of the body Ventura. But it is Jesse, the body Ventura, because I was a big wrestling fan. And yeah, um, he's got some incredible. He's got some incredible one-liners. Yeah. Bef- before he's killed. Sure. And relatively early on, really horrible way yeah. too. I mean, the violence is, as you said, it doesn't. It's a hard R. Though. Yeah. They don't back down. They don't disguise any of it. Yeah, and it. Even though there is a, a woman in the film, there's no need for sexism. It's that was no. really interesting too. There's all the R is violence. Yes, I yeah. think in in Ontario, where when I saw it, it was a it was rated adult accompaniment, which is fourteen and under. Yeah, it's apparent, but it was not perceived as all that violent. And then we went and saw it. It's like, oh no, there's like intestines and things. Oh. It's, it's incredible. It's you know, it's skinned bodies and things. Yeah, Carl Weathers has got one arm. For a whole slow mo sequence. Which again, you know, the irony of that bicep shot early on suddenly becomes really horrible and funny. That's the layering that is so subtle that you almost don't notice it. You don't. I I think that's what makes it endlessly, certainly for me, it's what makes it endlessly watchable. Yeah. 
How often have you seen it, would you say? Ballpark, just... Oh, easily 10. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the films that if I'm channel surfing at half past 11 and it's just started, it is one of the films where I'll go, oh, okay, I won't be going to bed before <laughs> two now. Yeah. Because I have to watch it. And The Matrix is another one and Aliens is another one. And there's a few that I, even at 11, 12 o'clock at night, you go, no, it's, it's on. Yeah. It's a form of comfort food, I think. I think so. Yes, yeah, it is. For me, it was, I think it's Back to the Future, which is the one, definitely the film I've seen the most times, but uh, is the film where I have watched it on television with the, the laser disc right next to the TV. Yes. Oh, Just yeah, now. no. Uh, above, uh, next to, above and next to my TV is an array of, well, now Blu-rays. Mm-hmm. I had a, a 400, 500 strong VHS collection. Right. That's it's closed down, and now with streaming, you tend not to buy as many. But you know, my top thirty films are all on Blu-ray, and they just sit next to the television, and it, I, I'll constantly watch them. Yeah. With no, yeah, a, sat next, sat next to the Blu-ray. Edition. That's important. It's, it's good that they're there. They are there because someday the streaming will stop. Something will fail, and we won't have hard copies of anything. Yeah, well, that's why I have shelves and shelves and refuse yeah. to part with them. They're just I, I still have tapes and, and discs of things that yeah. were never reissued on other on other formats. And no, I've got I've got about half a ton of VHS in one of my mum and dad's spare rooms. Which you know, I know unless I do something with them, one day they they will end up as landfill. So I I have to catch them before they get dumped. Yeah, it's important. I mean, I think there will be some de- somewhere down the line storage lockers filled with these things. There'll be archaeological discoveries. Yeah. For people, this was their culture. Yes. Well, it's like it's like storage hunters, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where the 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 bin goes into receivership, and then they have auctions <laughs> where they open it, and someday it will be five hundred VHSs. Yeah. It'll be the things that aren't available. Anymore. And it will either be worth seven pounds fifty, or seven thousand five hundred. You know, there's no way of knowing. I like the idea of, of people in some far-off archaeological future looking back in the cinema of the 80s, all the yeah. amped-up power stuff, and thinking, well, they, these people really enjoyed working out and watching people die horribly. <laughs> yeah, horrendously. But if you're making a movie in that world, Predator is its right up there. I think it is, it's, it's definitive in its way. Yeah, I think so. I, it, it, certainly for me, it still stands up, every, every aspect of oh, it. Yeah. Has stood the test of time relatively well. It's, it's slightly macho, obviously, yeah. but you know, I I I watched it as an eleven-year-old, so it was it you know it's a boy's fantasy. It's mm-hmm. a it's a it's boys in the playground. One of you pretends to be the predator, and the other one pretends to be Dutch. Yeah, and you fight. Yeah, it until is. one of you grazes your knee exactly and has to go inside. Which is, you know, when you're 11, that is the nuclear detonation. That is it. That's it. That's over. You're either, yeah, you're, yeah, that's the, <laughs> either that or the A-team. Yeah. Now, that's right. The A-team was huge here, wasn't huge. it? Huge. Maybe even bigger, more so than it was in North America. Maybe, possibly. It was, it was massive over here. It was, it was all we watched. The A-team and Knight Rider. Oh, yeah, they, were the, they were the ones. When they Airwolf. So it is really. I mean, I'm a little bit older, and the um, my formative stuff would probably have been um, Star Trek and Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. That were in heavy syndication when I was a kid. Yes. And uh, the A Team, and I think I 
I can remember the music more than I remember any of the episodes. They're just really memorable things. They're quite interchangeable, aren't they, really? Kind of, yeah. But Predator does feel like the culmination of all of it. Like, yeah. Because they're going into... I mean, I, I would like to believe that it is an examination of Machismo as well as a celebration. I would, I would hope so. I would, yeah. It's too good to not be clever enough to know that. Yeah. From the get-go... Where where Schwarzenegger screams, Dylan, you son of a bitch, and they arm and they and it's just it's a static shot of two man's heaving biceps. Yeah. We all understand that's funny. Yeah, it's incredibly funny and ridiculous. What's the matter? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. It's just, it's so quotable. And it's so ridiculous, and it's so macho and alpha and bullshit. Yes. But it. I, I can't help but enjoy that moment. Oh, it is. It's deeply pleasurable. It's incredible. Because I, I, it is because it holds a little bit longer because you get the sense of the strain on Carl yeah. Weathers' face. They are actually performing it. And, and as an actor, you know, as Schwarzenegger, it was, all, it was never mentioned that Schwarzenegger would not win this arm <laughs> wrestling. He, a, he's Schwarzenegger. B, he's Dutch. Yeah. There's a, and you know Carl Weathers has to go oh I'm going to have to I know I have to lose it because it's written uh, yeah. yeah you can see it's yeah. all going on Apollo Creed did win the first fight I mean that's I know incredible. right yeah I, and, and that's the question that I find myself wondering how many of them were in on the joke you know like does Carl, does yeah. Carl Weathers knows no question Schwarzenegger probably I, I, you, I think you can see in Weathers' face he knows yeah He's doing that Lando Calrissian swagger thing. Yes. He knows he's the best guy in the movie, but it's not his movie. It's not his movie. And then you've got Ventura, and you've got like his sort of attendant hangers-on, the people who follow his side, like the guys who just stand around and look serious for yeah. the whole film. Yeah. Uh, you know, Billy and everybody. Yeah, just being B- there. B- Billy and Mac. And I don't know that they know, but I don't know P- that it matters. P- Poncho. Right? Yeah. And Shane Black. Somehow. Shane Black. But you know, like Shane Black's in that film. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, what's I, he doing in there? He's just doing terrible sex jokes. Yeah, and until he dies, until he's the first man of our group yeah. of our team to die, he just does terrible sex jokes about his the size of his girlfriend's pussy. Oh, that's right. It's I ridiculous. About that. And again, commentary. I'm sure, like you give him yeah. that role because he can. And yeah, we know we know how clever Shane Black is. We know how on the pulse and how knowing his winks are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't, again, I don't think you can just dismiss it, a, it as machismo bullshit. There's a knowing wink yeah. in there, which you notice when you... You don't notice when you watch it as an 11-year-old, but yeah. you do when you watch it as a 37-year-old. Yeah, I think you know, so. This I mean... is funny. They're, they know... They, they must know it's funny, and they must know it's ridiculous. Yeah, and then you have the music, which is trying a little too hard, but is still great. It's incredible. It's that orchestration of the the Blu-ray. I, when I well, finally set the home theater, yeah. it's punching the walls of the subwoofer. Oh, it's it. I, it Alan Silvestri. It's remarkable. If you if you watch as a back to back, watch Back to the Future and yes. Predator. It's almost the same it's soundtrack. Very close. They're so similar. They're ridiculously similar. Yeah. But it has all, all the, his hallmarks, but it's done so beautiful. And I remember, I remember even as a boy recognising the sound design on it. The sounds of the jungle and the sounds of the predator and the, the, the noises and the tribal drums and the 
the clever use of sound. Mm. Well, the character doesn't speak, so you have to find a way to environmentalize it. Is, it is your in to him, mm. and it's him studying these eight men and, uh, and sampling their voice, sampling their sounds. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's, they're all nature, they're all very efficient, effective tools and tricks that McTiernan has used. Yeah. There's, there's sort of, it feels like there's very little wasted energy. Well, it's the sophistication again. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's telling you much as Die Hard did that it's, you know, Die Hard uses, uh, there's, there's a moment, there's a musical sting for a, for a, an anamorphic strobe image uh, when, when the, um, I'm going to screw this up because I'm, I'm now starting to confuse Predator and Die Hard in a very, very yeah, strange way. Uh, when McLean is chasing the Predator. In the, in the sequence, just before uh, Willis finds the C4, he walks under a lamp, the lamp blossoms, yeah. and, and the music goes boing, and that moment just told me, everything's going to be fine, mm. we've got the ending, we're going to be okay, Yes, you can enjoy yourself. Oh, and you, yeah, you know you're in a safe pair of hands. Yeah, and before that with Predator, where I didn't really, I mean, I had seen Nomads, but it's so shaggy and odd and artful that it didn't feel like it felt like the first 10 minutes of Predator was like oh this guy's just taking a studio check he's cashing in off, mm. his, off his art house hit and then you realize no he's no, actually no, he's infiltrating he's, it he, yeah he's, he's taken it he's taken it with both hands yeah and uh, he I, yeah he does something quite remarkable with what is essentially a, an alien going on a Safari. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's your basic B movie premise. It's a, it's so B movie. It's it it beggars belief how <laughs> B movie and linear and simplistic it is. Um, but that, you know that's part of what gives you the thrill and the rush. Because actually, a brilliantly done B movie. Oh yeah. Is incredibly entertaining. Because you can, you you can turn off a little bit. You can let it wash over you. You can just enjoy the ride. This visceral bombastic thrill ride. Oh, yeah. It's good candy. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And then, of course, you get the other thing that you realise later, which certainly didn't occur to me until much, much later, years later, that it's a critique of Reagan-era politics in Latin America. Well, yes, I which mean... slides right by. Yeah. Again, as an 11-year-old child, yeah. not the first thing <laughs> I thought of. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's saying... It's saying things, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there are, that's inc- it's incredible that it never comes up, but they're a death squad. These guys are going yeah. in to kill people in another country yeah. that they shouldn't be killing. No. And it doesn't matter because they get killed right back by something else that's already taken care of their problem. I, you just wonder how... I mean, it was 1986 when they put this thing in production. Yeah. Reagan had been re-elected. Iran-Contra hadn't broken yet. This was all just in the air. And it was it to, was clearly in the ether and yeah. yeah they 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 took hold of it but without you know mashing their thumbs down no the scale yes really no so. there's no there's no tub thumping yeah um, I wonder if there's a th- PhD thesis out there somewhere. well although Schwarzenegger Dutch does say uh, they're a rescue squad not assassins mm-hmm. so he says he wants that point made right but they do. They kind of kill every mother, last motherfucker in the words of Samuel L. Jackson. And that's, a, that's another bit is, you know it's called Predator. You know you've seen a spaceship. But actually, the first sequence of, of storming that jungle stronghold yeah. is, is a remarkable piece of 
yeah. balls out action. Yeah, it's straight up war movie. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's the very definition of explosions and two stuntmen backflipping yes. off a gun turret on fire. Which is what you want. That happens seven or eight times. <laughs> and I'm I'm certain they used, I've seen the same shot used <laughs> twice. But it's it's all that it's they they almost appear to be live stock footage now because mm-hmm. we've seen it so many times. But we hadn't at that point. We hadn't seen it that many times and yeah. done that brilliantly. Yeah. With with stuntmen back back flipping twenty foot on fire. Yeah. It's it it's it's unrelenting. And it's necessary to set up their competence before. Exactly. I I thought that last time I watched it. You you need that efficiency of that squad which it goes back to this the, the you know the two minute sequence in the in the helicopters to little richard mm-hmm. it's so it so efficiently sets up who they are as individual men and as a squad and then that opening the the opening assault says yeah these these men have done this before yeah very very effectively and so the predator's going to have trouble with these guys not so much, just the one of them. <laughs> and it happens to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. which it would be. Which it would be. Which exactly. you know it would be. He's so the... Schwarz- as, a, as a 9 to 11-year-old, Schwarzenegger was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen on a film. Is <laughs> the most ridiculous human being I'd ever seen not on, fil- on a television. Right, yeah. Like, some superhero made flesh, just this ridiculous... And it's, it's him at his peak, it's... It's between Terminators, yeah. which is that's his that's the golden era of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I mean, it really does. When he slimmed down for Terminator Two, you can sort of see the start of it. Where yeah, it's been years. He's a little stiffer, yeah. and then he went on for another ten years yeah. making them. Um, I'm fascinated by his presence because I think Predator is the only one where you really get a sense of how little he is. Mm. Yeah, he's not a tall man. Yes, no, no, and again, the 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 most incredible thing. There's a there's a shot at the end where it, it is Kevin Peter Hall, isn't it? Yes, yes, in the costume, uh, and you get the sense of stature. You uh, picks him up by his throat, and yes. he's a good two foot off the ground. Yeah, and, you know, we we know we've tricked, we've cheated the shot somewhat, but. But it's hard to fake that one shot. The Predator is a huge thing. Yeah. Well, Kevin Peter Hall was six foot seven, I think, or six foot eight. Yeah. Um, And Schwarzenegger, I'm guessing, is five six at most. He can't be. He's not tall. I mean, I'm five nine. Stallone, Stallone, I would think, is maybe five something. He's he's wee. Schwarzenegger can't be under six foot. I think he is. No. I think. I don't believe. I don't know. Well, the thing about bodybuilders, right, is a lot of them are. Fairly short. Well, they are wide. They are wide creatures, aren't they? Well, that's but... how they compensate. <laughs> Guy Pierce is only four foot three. He's, I can't. I, yeah, I, I do. I, I do. I enjoy seeing other actors in real life. As an actor, <laughs> I occasionally get to see and meet other actors who I know, and it, I, I, I find it quite interesting, sort of measuring myself against them, mm-hmm. knowing that I am an entirely average human being. You know, I'm five ten. I'm a 38 regular suit, size nine shoes. I mean, I'm a shop mannequin. Right. And so, it's quite, I, so I'm quite a decent gauge to work out which actors are taller than you think yeah. and which actors are shorter than you think. Okay, I have to ask what the most striking one was, either tall or short. Who surprised you? Hanks. I was going to say Hanks too. Must be six, three, two at least. Yeah, I met him 94. 
four for Forrest Gump. Yeah. And was really shocked at how yeah. tall he was. I mean, in, uh, in full disclosure, I didn't meet him. You were just standing <laughs> this next was, to this was a This was, a, I think it was an HBO after party. I amazingly got invited to. And I saw Tom Hanks and he was stood next to a table, leaning on the table. And so I went to the table next to his table and leaned on that table. <laughs> As if I was in a picture in my own head. No one took the picture. And I, I was like, you're, you're, you're very, very tall mm. for someone who is known to be the new Jimmy Stewart yeah. everyman. You know, he, he, yeah. Hans is the everyman of he's, our generation. He's supposed to be ordinary. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's a good three inches taller than every man. Yeah. It so was, that, was, that, was, that was a big one. That was a surprise. It was really jarring. I was surprised. Um... So Alexander Skarsgård, also very, very tall. I was Affleck. there with him. Oh, yeah. Big. Big, yes. Mind you, I guess he was getting ready for... He probably was getting ready for Batman. Mm. I interviewed him when Argo came to TIFF. That's the other thing. In Toronto, once a year, I will be in a hallway with literally everyone. With all of them, and yeah. And you can just sort of gauge here and there. Yeah, no, I, I, quite, I quite enjoy that game. <laughs> Gale. As, as, a, as a benchmark average... Bloke, yeah, it's it's nice to see. Yeah, but, but yes, yeah, lot, lots of actors are a few inches below me. Yeah. Gail Garcia Bernal is the one I keep telling okay. because really short, surprisingly short. Not it? that you would expect. He's got a very oval forehead, so you expect him to be taller, bigger, and he's not. I'm sorry, I'm just gossiping now. No, I, yeah, I don't want to appear just to be gossiping <laughs> about short actors, but. There are a lot of short actors. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's the, the lollipop person phenomenon. Your head is big and catches the light right and the rest yeah. of the Yeah. Yeah, lots of really successful actors have huge heads. Mm-hmm. It draws you in. Big eyes. Clever. <laughs> I don't. I Evolution. have an entirely average head. Which well, is probably one not as not more successful. Oh, well. Because I've just quite a normal-sized head. You can body. play someone with a normal head. You know, yeah. Normal head syndrome. Yeah, I pretend. Those movies win Oscars. Um, but you... <laughs> sorry, now, how the hell do we get back How do we pull this back this from is the brink? Well, but... Well, we went on to... We were on size, weren't we? We, yes. were, we, were, we got Schwarzenegger out with size. The oak took us by surprise. Yes. And What I was going to say, though, is that... Um, the original conception for the... You know about this, right? The original conception of the Predator costume and, and the actor playing him changed radically. Mm. Because originally it was Jean-Claude Van Damme... Yes. ...walking backwards on stilts. Yes. Which would have... I mean, again, you'd like to see... You would have liked to see more of that. Yeah. That's, that that's would Because, again, you know, it's debatable how tall... Schwarzenegger is, but... Oh, I don't met Van Damme. He's not tall. He's not tall. No. He is not at all. When I heard that, you go, well, no, Kevin Peter Hall is a man who's nearly seven foot tall. Mm. Jean-Claude Van Damme is not. Yes, he can get his leg seven foot in the air. Sure. But yeah, that was a weird yeah. concept. And he was supposed it? to be more insectoid. They wanted something yeah. that looked less human. Yes. But I think... I mean, and they rightly decided that this, for whatever reason that it wasn't working, shut down, redid it with the new costume I, and the new design. I think, I think it w- for, was for the best. Yeah, and with the thing that fascinates me about that decision is that with Schwarzenegger, you need another humanoid. Yes. He can't fight you can't, it, it is the mano a mano at the end where yeah. it works. Yeah. And actually, the, the bit that works I very, very effectively is when the Predator beats 
yeah. seven shades of excrement out of Schwarzenegger, a man who has rarely been bettered. Mm-hmm. And has been demonstrated on But it has to. He has to. He yeah. has to physically dominate Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how Jean-Claude Van Damme on a set of stilts would have managed backwards. It doesn't... Really. Yeah. It sounds like an idea that you come up with in pre-production and someone else says oh that's awesome that's a good idea and they run with it just as far as they can and, and then someone trips over yeah and that's that's good the stilt breaks yeah and good yeah because what they did come up with as as odd as that makeup design ultimately is it's a crab headed it's I mean, an incredible it's and also I, th- I think I, I can the first time well you know I watched it the first time the mask came off hmm we hadn't. You hadn't seen that much of the Predator, so you just assumed that was its. F- I as a, as a let's nine to eleven year old. Oh, the eighteen year old said in my theater. Just assumed yeah. it. That was the alien's face, and then. Tss, tss, yeah. This depressurized, and he just roars, and it, yes, it's a strange crab, vagina face. Yeah, which becomes a runner in both movies, which yeah. is really weird. But yeah. it also speaks to the eighties, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. Up totally of its time the um, but yeah it's an incredible design it was it was Stan Winston Winston. but when the when the helmet came off exactly that when that when that first hose came off people in the theater started buzzing about it yeah and what if he doesn't look like that what the hell is he gonna look like yeah and it's really disturbing yeah it's horrible it's it's more like a person in a suit and less at the same time yeah yeah because of the the, yeah the facial jaw thing because he is very it's very it's very humanoid he has slightly pointy fingers and toes Mm -hmm. but it's a it's a human man's shape he has a musculature he has a a muscular man's shape and stands like a human being and then just this appalling mandible maul of a face yeah it's great it's a brilliant it's a incredible design it really is I mean the first the first photos that came out looked like a nightmare yeah I remember there was a, there was a cover of a horror magazine called Fangoria that plastic Fangoria yeah yeah the real face was on the cover yeah and at the time I was 86 so I was still in high school uh, and you'd go to the store and see what was there the magazine store and it came in and it was just like what the that's horrible what is this yeah and then to see it moving because it's a beautiful and, articulation and very and moving very very well. Yeah. Again, it, it's it's another part of the film that I think holds up really really well after how many 30, 30 years. years. Now, yeah. yeah. But it's pre CGI and it's the, the everything's physical, of, everything's yeah, practical effects. practical effects, and it's beautiful. And right, Stan Winston is the man. Mm-hmm. No, it is. It's a remarkable piece of, because that's the. The escalation of the film, too. You start with an action movie, you move into a horror film, yeah. and then the payoff is there's something else. Yeah, yeah. It's it, something you haven't seen before. It is. I do, yeah, I do. I, I think it did do things you hadn't seen before. Or it did lots of things you hadn't seen before together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, it wasn't the first time you'd seen any of these things, but actually it was one of the first times you'd seen them all together. And done, and done so well, yeah. done so... Not effortless, effortlessly. Well, proficiently. Seemed to be. Execute beautifully. Yeah, ex- executed perfectly. Yeah. And Die Hard is the same, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's a very effective, efficient, straightforward, linear, and it just, it does everything right. There is no point where you go, well, this is a bit jarring, yeah. or doesn't quite 
jail. Yeah, no, it's it's they're they're glorious celebrations of, of the concept of the of the the very basic idea. And just the same way that Die Hard uses Christmas music as a soundtrack yeah. and ironically yeah. comments on itself yeah. and also has a villain who honestly and I've said this a number of times I'm sure in, in discussing Die Hard, if Alan Rickman had shot Bruce Willis in the face in the last 10 minutes, we'd be fine with it. They yes. Both, they both earn their victory. Everyone earns, uh, yes, everyone earns their place at the table, don't they? Yeah. And Predator is the same way. Yeah. I mean, you, you are led to believe that it is possible that this guy's... Yes, and, and again, yeah, if Predator, if Predator had come out of the victory, you'd have gone, whoa, what? But you'd have got over it and gone, that was <laughs> still, that was a brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the twist. <laughs> when Schwarzenegger gets <laughs> his head caved in but uh, you know you would you would have you would have gone with it yeah I would have been fine with it I mean certainly the concept is strong enough to sustain as we've seen to sustain endless uh, oh. reiterations well have you kept Shane Black's he's doing it now doing yeah, the, which the is new one just bizarre I'm very excited about I've, have I've, you seen the photograph that was just released the cash shot I saw the car shot yeah yeah King and Michael Key is in it I uh, yes I uh, yes wait that's but then Jesse the Body Ventura was in the original, so, yeah. and so was Shane Black. So yeah. it's sort of I'm very I'm I'm very excited because I I you know I think Shane Black yeah, he's, on his day is is something quite remarkable as a filmmaker as a director he has yet to let me down. Yes, have you de- caught uh, yeah. up to the Nice Guys yet? Nice Guys is was is one of the best films I've seen in the last five years. Yeah. It it does uh, that again. It doesn't put a step wrong. Yeah, I think it's perfect, and it does it. it my, I like films that try to be every. I do. I know some people hate films that try to be all things for all people, but I have a I have a real respect for films that try and be funny, thrilling, horrific. They try and they do try and shoehorn as as many different sorts of films into one film. And I think Nice Guys is one of those. It sort of does everything perfectly. Yeah, I just loved it. I, I loved it even more the second time. I, think, I yeah, I've only I, I saw it once. I and it 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 sort of it felt like a really comfortable throwback mm-hmm. um, to another age. But and yet it did it it. it yeah, for me, it didn't really put a foot wrong. Yeah. I loved it. Watching it the second time is liberating because you know that's going to be okay. Yeah. That it won't pop Yes, yeah, and you're not quite sure what's... You're never sure what's going to happen because he... Spoiler alert. <laughs> he kills the, you know, the person we're meant to be protecting. and Pretty quickly. Saving. In fact, yeah. yeah. That ends up... Uh, and then the movie out. carries on. <laughs> and again, you're fine with that. Yeah. Because he's earned it. So, uh, yeah, in summary, I'm very excited to see Shane, Shane Black's Predators. Yeah, I mean, I'm there. I, uh, I, I think there are things... It's strange. I, I really like Predator 2. Um, there's elements of Predator 2 yeah. I really like. And I, yeah, it was a really neat twist to go urban jungle. Right. It's nice. Even though now it is spectacularly racist. Oh, incredibly uh, racist. Uh, conceived. Yeah, uh, the, the Rasta Witch Doctor... It, it's yeah, it's appalling. Yeah, I think it's it's really fascinating because I I remember the big deal when Morton Downey Jr. shows up. He was an American commentator, pops up for two seconds at the beginning. He's one of the newscasters, right? And I realized in the last twenty years, he's like that. Predator Two is, I think, what a lot of Fox News viewers think America is. Mm. Like the big cities are actually yes, that bad. yes. And it envisioned this horrible world of 1997 where everybody's yeah. there shooting each other. It's sort of, in a, in a similar way, yeah, it's, it's that kind of extreme 
like Verhoeven's it's like Robocops yeah the level of I satire I mean the level of satire on Robocops commentary on the news is now lo- no longer funny yeah post truth yes uh, someone pointed out that it's everything... not it's not funny anymore that's just real news now yeah is Verhoeven's ridiculous parody of what news was or is his ridiculous parody of what news would become and he was right yeah it became that well all of America can apparently be summed up through Robocop um not Total Recall uh, Starship Troopers and yes. Showgirls yeah yeah it's all there pretty good yeah that's that, that's that's three quite something films yeah. as well isn't it uh, a friend of mine Adam Naiman wrote literally wrote the book on Showgirls um uh as a critical reassessment yeah. of it, and said that, you know, like, look at everything else Paul Verhoeven has ever done. What makes you think he didn't know what he was doing here? And it's hard yes, to argue. Yes, he, he was clever enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Certainly, uh, Starship Troopers and Robocop are very telling. Yeah. I, you know, there are another two, actually, that. They're, they're, actually, there are another two of my list of would watch. If we're on at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Those things should just be on every airplane entertainment system just to keep people going. Yeah. And to maybe inoculate them again. And they're endlessly entertaining, both those films as well. Mm -hmm. And and B-movies, genre films. Yeah. But much, much cleverer than they're they're sometimes given credit by more intelligent men than me. Yeah. Well, I mean, Total Recall as well was... Yeah. To get back to the use of Schwarzenegger as a, as a deceptive, a subversive figure. Yes. Like he's playing an ordinary person. As a vessel. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Schwarzenegger ever being used as a normal human being yeah. is weird. <laughs> but yeah, in Total Recall, he's a, he's a, he's a manual laborer, isn't yeah. he, really? They give like, him a jackhammer, which is yeah. supposed to explain the physique, which I think is amazing. It's yeah. like a shake weight sort yeah. of workout system yeah, yeah. for him. But uh, again, that's, and that's the appeal of a Schwarzenegger movie, is you want to see this man not be normal. Yeah. And in Predator, they introduce him as a warrior and make him normal and make him, you know, subpar. Beatable, yeah. The first shot you see of him sat in the back of the helicopter with the huge cigar and you just follow the back of his head and eventually he turns and you're like, that's that's the, that's it's a money shot. It's full of money shots. Yeah. And now the Dardenne brothers use that shot, which I think is just magnificent. <laughs> He's Predator has accidentally influenced European art cinema yeah, yeah. for generations. So did you, um, have you, I mean, I assume you've seen the Alien Predator pairings. I have. I've, I've right. seen both. I saw both Alien versus Predators. Mm-hmm. Which are, I'm, which are I'm not disappointed. They're not them. good. They're not good. And, I, and I've seen the most recent Oh, Predators. Predators. The, Predators. Robert Rodriguez film. No, yeah, uh, yeah. Is it? it? But it was. But, and it, but it's it's Brody, isn't it? I didn't I didn't enjoy any yeah. of those films. There's a moment. There are moments of of kind of well. There are moments of inspiration in Predators where, if you had to make a sequel, this is an interesting way. This is a good way to do it. Yeah. Yes, bring the bring the game to your quarry. Bring bring the wild animals you wish to hunt to you. Mm-hmm. And it's still ingeniously keeps us from ever understanding them. I think that's the most interesting thing. It just popped in, weirdly, niche film popped into my head, Hard Target. Oh, yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme. Sure, John Woo. Where they... John Woo. I mean, I could have chosen any John Woo film, actually. (laughs) I should have chosen any John Woo film. I'm a huge John Woo fan. But Hard Target, where they essentially rich Louisianans 
employ vagrants mm-hmm. and hunt vagrants. That's essentially predators, isn't it? It really is. With yeah. with the predators as these rich white uh, bayou dwellers. Yeah. Employing ex vet vagrants to hunt with crossbows. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There's another one too. Right around that same time as Hard Target, there was um, Surviving the Game with Ice T. Oh, yes. And that's very similar, isn't it? There are mirror images of yeah, really. yeah. There was a yeah. There, I remember there being a couple that were a bit similar. Mm. But yeah, again, I'm I'm a huge John Woo and JCVD fan. That's okay. He's done some good work. He's done some great work. He's done some terrible work. Just not lately. Yeah, but he's done some great work. Yeah. Again, he had he had his he had his the golden age where I from from my point of view, and obviously I was a teenager. He could not put a foot wrong. Right. Knock off, though. I think that oh, was... knock off. Actually, <laughs> knock off was the film where I went. May, may in the words of Danny Glover, maybe I am too old for this shit. Yeah, I think that's the the problem too. When when actors refuse to stop, when yeah. they have that imaginary audience that they're going for every time. Seagal. Yeah, well, still. Yeah. Still rolling out Eastern European DTVs. They'll pay him. I know. And, uh, it's it, and it just feels like he. I mean, even even in his prime, he, <laughs> he didn't do a lot. No. Because it was all very tight and close to... It all in his body space, and it was all very quick movements and and flips and, you know, disarming men. And it was the one... What was it? The one after Under Siege? Uh, Under Siege 2. No, before that, sadly. There was yeah. one where it's just very obvious that he is waiting for actors to... For the to, 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 to attack to him. him. Yes. Yeah, and it's got worse. It's only got worse. Yeah. Oh, it was the Glimmer Man where he has the coat that's supposed to hide his bulk and... Right, just, yes. Not for a moment. What was on the other day? Nico. Oh, the first one, Above the Law. I'd forgotten how skinny Steven Seagal yeah. used to be. First few movies, he was pretty lean. Really skinny. Yeah. And, yeah, not yeah. anymore. And then he got successful. Yeah. And he started eating better. Or I well, know. I suppose. And, then, and, and he started to employ stuntmen to attack him. Yes. In order. And <laughs> in, in turn, it's that, I mean, it's the classic one man against 20. It's fine, as long as you attack me one at a time. It's honour. It's an honor. And I am down a corridor where no one can attack me from the sides or behind. <laughs> And then I'll just do this. Again, Predator, he's got a laser sight. He'll pick you off. People in a group, doesn't really matter. It's it's a much more... Yes, well, let's go back to Predator. Well, Sorry, I we went, no, we no, went it's, niche. We it's went, all oh. of the period. But it is all of the period. And, it, it, you know, I, I'm, that, I'm showing my age, but that is my... They're, they're, the, they're those action films that I grew up with and, and I had a visceral connection to. Sure. And so they do. They, they are the films that stay with you. Yeah. Um, there was absolutely no shame in loving what you love. Um, a, a dear friend of mine, uh, John Harkness, a film critic for Now Magazine, which I am now doing because he died in, in 2007, always said, you know, like, there is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. If you no, love it, if you, you love, love it, it, you should and own it. Yeah. And I, you know, if this if it shows nothing else, I don't really care what people think <laughs> about my film choices. <laughs> but These you, are films I enjoy. These are, you know. But you are responding to the most sophisticated... They might be different films to... The films maybe Whit Stillman and you discussed. Whit picked RKO, like he picked Wagon Master. Okay. And The Gay Divorcee. So, okay. Gay Divorcee, yes, that's yeah, elevated. These are different. Yeah. Wagon Master is a RKO B movie completely. It's a, yeah. just an old western. They're fun. You know, you want to, yeah, you, cho- you choose films that affected you and that you have a connection to. And, and you, these, these are the films you watch the most. Right. 
Which brings us to the key question, the closer of the show, which is always the same, which is what of, if anything, of Predator have you borrowed or stolen or absorbed into your own DNA? Yeah, well, me borrowing anything from Predator in, into my own performances would, would be an overstatement. I've, me and Schwarzenegger share very little on screen. Me and Schwarzenegger share very little on screen. <laughs> we, we are not we are not men that play the same sorts of roles, and I, I, that's probably partly why I enjoy the films I enjoy too. Because mm-hmm. there's part of me that goes, "I'm never going to get to do that." As much as I'd love to, yeah. there may become. I'd probably have to write it myself for me to be in an action. Yeah, just put it out there. In, in an action film, but I'd love to in a comedic. You know, again, you know. Shane Black's quite a decent example of someone who does comedic action mm-hmm. very well. That and that's something I'd love to. I'd love to play with all those staple action cliches yeah. and just subvert them slightly. Those are the best ones. I think so. Those you know, he jumps from one block to the next and sprains his ankle, yeah. and sits behind a box going, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, God, that really, oh, that hurt. And he's just sprained his ankle, but you never you never see men spraining their ankles in Predator. Yeah, they're too. Well, they, you should. They ain't got time. They ain't got time to bleed or sprain or. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah, uh, that is an amazing piece of logic, but uh, it, when, yeah, it's right. It's spoken by someone who is currently kind of, bleeding. Kind of correct. Yeah, and it, he's and the thing we're talking about is bleeding. Uh, neon goo. Yeah, it's true. They don't really have any basis for believing that that's blood. Yeah. It could just be spit. And the bit where he gets his... unlocks his okay. medikit. Yes. And fixes Shoots it. himself up. And again, this, the beauty of the, the efficiency of that storytelling where we we know it's a bomb on his arm we, when it starts counting down yeah. simply because the symbols we've never the seen symbols before start to disappear. And beep, make yeah. a noise and go. Yeah. And go away. It's incredibly it well done. It's, I mean, so, someone, it's so beautiful. Yeah, someone thought this through. Someone thought about everything. Yeah. And I just, I honor that now by watching it as many times as I can. Very loudly. Yeah. I think it's lovely. Schwarzenegger, <laughs> when it's him on his own, setting up these elaborate... Oh, that's right. ...boy scout booby traps. Yeah. The pulleys and things. And he, he's, he's down that channel at the end, and he's rigged that weight to whip that... Uh, the log yeah. the log across with the spikes on and the predator ducks down into the channel finds the spikes do it kill me kill me <laughs> and, the, and the predator doesn't doesn't get suckered in yeah. it's great it's no, lovely stuff that's that moment where you know if the predator just pulls his head off that's yeah. okay he's, he's earned he, he earned that he was cleverer than we thought as well yeah a very efficient killing machine he had the weaponry again it's and when he takes when he takes his shoulder mounted cannon off and the helmet comes off and he gets rid of all the weapons and just goes to town two two creatures just punching each other it's it's non it's beautifully nonsensical but it gets me every time <laughs> I, love, I love it i'm such a schoolboy. my thanks to tom bennett who you should absolutely seek out in love and friendship or mascots or david brent life on the road you know what everywhere he appears because he's kind of terrific Thanks also to Whit Stillman. He knows what he did. And a special thanks to Paul Atherley for the use of his flat. You can find Tom on Twitter at Newman Stings. All one word, and I forgot to ask him what it means. And you can find Predator on Blu-ray and DVD from 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. It's also available on iTunes and Google Play. 
Oh, and it's counterintuitive, but the first Blu-ray edition, the one with no extras, is the one with the best transfer. Just, you know, bear that in mind. Also, fun fact, Kevin Peter Hall, who played the Predator, was 7'2", and Arnold Schwarzenegger is officially 6'2". I don't buy it. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Norm Wilner and elsewhere on the internet at NowToronto.com. You can also find this podcast on Twitter at Semcast, S-E-M-Cast, and on the web at SomeoneElsesMovie.com. If you want to leave a review on iTunes, that would be very kind of you. What are you waiting for? I'm right here! Thanks for li- <coughs> Thanks for listening.